Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, niggas and crackers, guys, gals, and, and non-binary pals, hot girls and city boys, saints and ain'ts, and, and all our Harlem family, family welcome, welcome to your very own podcast. Justin Winley. Justin Winley. Yeah, shaking the license to kill. <laughs> Joined by my boy. Yo, what's up? It's Jude Ali Stephens Wilson, aka Belly Slater, aka Circumcised Your Thoughts, aka Oroku Papi, aka A Nigga in a Half Shell, Turtle Power, <laughs> aka All the Girls Wanna Play Baywatch. I, I got, got a swimming pool full of liquor. I'ma dive in it. Pool full of liquor. I'ma dive in it. Now, okay. Ooh. Anyway. Um, we are here trial running our studio sessions again. Um, yeah. Feeling each other's energy in person. It's been a minute. I haven't seen this nigga in mad long. Yeah, I don't even, I forget, his hair is blonde now. He uh, got a beard, kind of. <laughs> everything's changing. Um, but we have uh, a really cool episode planned today, I think, and a really cool season, hopefully. Um, just kind of trying to get back into the swing of things. We hope you'll forgive any technical difficulties. Big facts. That do arise. But um, also, this is the greatest podcast in the world. Uh, yeah. Like, you know, like, it, it's kind of done. You know, Horrible Decisions is all right. You know, Bodega <laughs> Boys is Even, okay. Joe Rogan is okay. Even at our worst, you know, we're still the best. Harlem's very own, internationally known. I want to make that clear. You know, internationally Again. known. No, 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 no. Intergalactically known. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right, sure. Why not? Why it's stop? It's worldwide. We pitbull, bro. <laughs> why stop at the nations? Um, we're getting back to our, our, our old formula, and we have a couple current events to rap with y'all about today. What first things got, first. What we got? Pull um, over the weekend, we had an incredible UFC fight, UFC 254. Yes, sir. And we saw the retirement of Khabib, the Eagle, Nurmagomedov. Uh, 29 and 0. Perfect nasty. UFC record. This dude is, uh, I, don't, I mean, I will say about him, I don't know why he called himself the Eagle, considering that he trained wrestling with bears. I thought he should have called himself. I think because he soars like a, like an eagle, or when he slams dudes, they soar like an eagle. <laughs> or no, now no, now I just think about it. It makes sense. You know how eagles, when they catch their prey, they fly with it. Yeah, and also That's like the, the talons, the talons, and they just like bind him because if for those of you that don't know, Khabib is the nastiest wrestler. Justin just said, yeah, the man grew up wrestling bears at what nine years old. Really ridiculous. Had a- on. With like little pebbles and rocks on the floor, and then they put a they put a muzzle on the bear so at least it couldn't bite him. But other than that, it was still a baby bear that he you was know, wrestling with. A baby bear can. I'm scared of baby bears. You know oh, what I'm yeah. saying? If there was a baby bear in here right now, Goldilocks was gangster. You know, walking up in their crib like that. Give like, me your give me your food. Give me your bed. Yeah, that was. Like that. That's the <laughs> the actual hidden history of Goldilocks is that she was a thug. Um, but yeah, no, the the bear training is also credit to 
His father, R.I.P. Al Manap Nurmagomedov, I think is his name. Rest in peace. He died in July, COVID-related issues. And Habib spoke at uh, right after his fight with Gaethje when he put him to sleep. I mean, he may as well have tucked him into bed with that triangle. I don't know what the rest... You know, you know what he said after that fight? He didn't he, want to hurt him, right? He didn't want to hurt him because Gaethje is that tough-as-nails dude. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I'll never tap. I'll let them break my arm. I'll let them put me to sleep. And Khabib, with, you know, built like a lion, mm-hmm. just this vicious dude, also has like a tender heart. Like, his mother and his father are watching the fight. Right. This is a terrible accent. <laughs> no, keep going. But his mother and father are watching the fight. I'm not going to do all that to their son. Right. So, I'm not going to break his arm. I'm just going to put the boy to sleep. He had the arm bar and he switched to the triangle, yeah, and, and knocked him out cold in front of the ref, who I guess was like... He, I guess he thought Gaethje was fighting it, but a good triangle choke, for those of you who don't know, that's like... That. Oof, a good choke, period. Period, yeah, period. Like, it's kind of one of those satisfying things as martial artists I would like to do. Choke like, somebody out? Just choke somebody out? Yeah. It's, it's just so toxic, but like, it's, <laughs> it sounds so satisfying. It's definitely like, a vibe. It's definitely a vibe. Like, if I knock somebody out... You know, punch them or kick them or whatever. They go down. They can hit their dome. Right. Go, but you can just silently put them to sleep. Hopefully, you don't, you know, cut the cut off their uh, trachea. Exactly. You know, just put them silently to sleep, lift their legs up, and then wake them up. It's like this conversation about the pound for pound greatest. Because like I said up yeah. top, Khabib, 29 and 0. And, uh, you know, he, he, he knocked out the best. I mean, he went against McGregor. He went against Poirier. He went against... Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Gaethje, I don't know if I'd say he was a hundred. Alan Quinta, like, Alan Quinta was like, uh, I remember I saw him on Oldman Fighter, I think like eight years ago. Mm-hmm. And he's like a, a journeyman, mm-hmm. but he lasted five rounds with Khabib. Mm-hmm. Connor didn't, you know? Yeah. I just, just think that period should give Ally Quinta some more qu- right. credit. And then he just ran through all these dudes. He ran through the entire lightweight division. Yeah. But pound for pound greatest... I still don't know because he's so young. Yeah. Well, this is what's interesting. I found this article. Um, Anderson Silva it. was talking about it. And he has, he's fighting today. Yeah. He's fighting. Uh, we're recording on Halloween. Happy spooky weekend, by the way, guys. Boom. I mean, by the time this comes out, it'll be past it. But um, uh, yeah, Anderson Silva, who is a, what was he, middleweight? He was a middleweight champion. Middleweight champ. Like, solid, like, I'd say eight years. Yeah. For like 2006. Brazil. To called, 2015, mm-hmm. yeah, something like that. Yeah, they call him the Spider. He's considered uh, another great UFC fighter, but he's here quoted in MMAfighting.com. He thinks that the goat debate is premature and kind of meaningless. And he talks about how you know there are moments basically for every fighter for, yeah. for in fighting where where people are great in that time. And I and I was thinking about it like it is difficult to say greatest of all time because that includes the future. And you're never really sure who's going to come along. You know, you can say yeah. greatest to this. I mean, there are some people like Muhammad Ali. We always go back to him. He was ahead of his time. He was ahead of his time, but also he was, he represented something else. These, I, I might be going a little too far, mm. but he represented something else that these other fighters aren't representing. Mm. You know, like Muhammad Ali had the civil rights movement going on. He had the war in Vietnam that he was protesting. Yeah. You know, he was a Muslim. He was all these things that weren't what heavyweight champions were. Right. Especially black ones. They were black, silent assassins. Yeah, yeah. Maybe a little flamboyant. Sometimes the only other one I can think of off top is Jack Johnson. Mm-hmm. But other than that, no one was, you know, 
talking about themselves and selling themselves as much as Muhammad Ali was. They were expected to shut up and punch. You know, like yeah. that was it. Yeah, yeah. But I but I think that it's interesting because uh, there was some, I guess, static from John Jones, who is the well, he's he vacated he the light heavyweight belt, but he was the champion. In the, for 10 in the years. Yeah. He, he defended his, 10 years. Yeah, he defended his title successfully. Some could argue that Reyes beat him. I think that's maybe a fair argument. Definitely. Reyes? Reyes, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I didn't watch the fight, but... Yeah. Uh, he messed him up pretty good. But the idea of pound for pound, when you hear that as a phrase, if you're not in martial arts or into fight sports, it means that all things being considered equal, this person could beat anyone in, in a weight division. It's like yeah. if, if, if weight classes weren't a thing, which they have to be because when you're considering striking, you know, someone who's 120 pounds punching someone who's 180 grappling pounds. grappling too, bro. Like. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's not going to be a good look. Um, but it's if, if, the playing, if, the level, if the playing field was level, um, pound for pound, this person could go up against anybody who has been... There's one person who I'm tired of people disrespecting and that's Demetrius Johnson. Mm. Demetrius Johnson... He did... Losing is one thing. Same with George St. Pierre. George lost a few times. Mm. But he got those back. Mm-hmm. You know? Or when Demetrius Johnson lost, he was um, not in the right weight class. He was a 125-pound champ. But for years, he was at 135, 10 pounds heavier. His natural weight class was 125, where he was the king of that shit. He right. was the first one and the only one for like six years? Mm-hmm. Killing, killing shit. He was the man, and you. I think we saw last year. He literally suplexed the dude, and in the middle of the air, did an arm bar. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? And got it. Yeah. He put dudes to sleep. He knocked them out. He submitted them. He's done everything. Mm-hmm. Same as John Jones, the same as any of these other fighters. But, but you don't hear Demetrius's name as much. You don't hear Demetrius James. You do not hear his name as much because he's little. Hmm. You don't, they don't really respect the smaller fighters like that. Right. They respect heavyweight to lightweight. Anything below that, they're like, what are you doing, son? Mm. And I think that's disrespectful because they work just as hard. They cut the same, they cut weight. They train hard. They'll, they'll spar the big guys as well because, right. you know, bodies are bodies and, you know, you'll, you'll get better when you train with bigger people and better people. Yeah. But, I'm tired of them disrespecting the lighter weight classes because those dudes are nasty. Well, that's how. How do you feel about that? Like, because when we when we look at UFC and like boxing, I know that there are some um, women in the UFC, for example, who they actually refuse to train with men because they think that it's like it kind of sets them up. Like it's 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 kind of like an unfair training paradigm, I, I guess. I there's a couple of fighters I've heard of who don't like female fighters I've heard of who actually don't train with men. You think should train with physically bigger people? Like that's yeah. Because I mean, we see like in our own gym, like Angie would always come. She trains with Rick. That's automatically the S. Yeah, Angie is Xavier, what one thirty, right? One twenty, something like that. Rick is like one eighty, right? And when you're doing grappling and stuff, it's the same thing. Xavier. We used to grapple with Josh all the time. Yeah, Josh, so his, our friend Josh is uh, around like five eight, five seven, but like built like a boulder. He's like 300 yeah. pounds of solid. I don't know if he's 300 pounds. No, he's 300, bro. Really? He's 300 pounds, bro. He's a brolic nigga. Wow. It's literally like muscle layered with some body fat. <laughs> like that's just he's a boulder, bro. Uh, and Xavier is like six feet one. He's my sixty. He's one, he might be a little, he might be one sixty, but he's like one fifty seven last time. Something like that. 
Bro. And he used to train with Josh even before Josh was like deadlifting. Yeah. You know, he was still heavy, obviously. Yeah, and Josh so was like 260 at the time. He learned how to manipulate mass on top of him, you know? Yeah, like it's like resistance training, you know? Right. That's how I've always thought of it. Yeah. I, I don't understand. Maybe it maybe if anything it's like injuries. That I can get. Yeah. But just you shouldn't go hard, that hard yeah. in your training. I was yeah. listening to Joe Rogan one time. Uh, and he had Faraz Sahabi on. Great video. It was dope. And he was like, you should never like train super hard. You shouldn't be sore. You should be ready for the next day and get your hours in and right. get your practice in. Because that's what you're doing when you're training. You're not killing yourself. Yeah. You know, if you're just um, wailing on the bag or um, lifting just for lifting all the reps as, as you can. And you're just killing yourself, killing yourself, pushing it, pushing it, pushing it. Mm-hmm. It's not smart. And there was another dude, um, Pablo Tasulin, who is the head of Strong First, um, saying like that one more rep mentality when it comes to fitness mm-hmm. isn't smart. It's stupid. Like it'll feel good in the moment and your ego and you'll be like, yeah, I'm pushing the limits. No, you're going to hurt yourself. Right, right. So, you know, when you train with bigger people, but with lighter contact, or just minimize the intensity, but mm-hmm. still have it at that right sweet spot, mm-hmm. which is which I think is what we're always trying to do with anything, with studying, with work. Just find that amount of um, productivity, that amount of intensity, to where you're not bored and where you're not like Exhausted. I'm dying. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, they need to find that sweet spot. Those women who are training wherever they're training should not be training there if they cannot get that sweet spot. If it's balls to the walls or clitoris to the titties or whatever, bro, <laughs> whatever they'll call for that. <laughs> Wait. Balls. <laughs> <laughs> I try. What? Okay. Yeah, I'm you know, with you. We're trying to unify everything, man. Right, right, right. I'll find I'll, I'll find a meaning for clitoris or something. I'll find, I'll find the rhyme. Could have been, like, I don't know, window, right? Like, Maybe just... it's a window. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that that's a good way to think about it. I mean, regardless, you know, I, I think the, that idea of, of GOAT, right, greatest of all time, we see it not just in fighting, but in, you know, some of the topics we get into later as we talk about music and stuff. It's everywhere. And it gets to a point where, you know, it does get said very often. It can start to lose its meaning. Only, I feel like I only see it in the black community, though, as well. Like, I don't see a lot of white people like the greatest of this of all time. They're just like, sure. He was great. We love him. That's it. Right. (laughs) I mean, it was, it was almost definitely started by like black Twitter, this, this idea of goat or whatever. It started by Muhammad Ali, greatest of all time. That was it. That was Ali. Yeah. We just made it an acronym. You know, he was Twitter. He was proto-Twitter. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that no matter what, you know, Khabib will be remembered among the greatest. Yeah, and I think for good reason. He's totally in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. I think that's what I like the most, actually, is things like Hall of Fames. Because mm-hmm. so, everyone gets their flowers. Everyone gets their respect. Even if they didn't win a belt or a championship, like Allen Iverson for basketball. Mm. Or um, I can't think of someone for football. Or, um, oh, um, damn. Or like a Tiki Barber for football, anyone in fucking hockey, who, who cares? Yeah, even but I think even uh, our Sifu is in the martial arts. Yeah, he thing. is. Yeah. If you you know you don't have a belt, but what you contributed to the sport culturally, technically, your own development in the mm-hmm. sport, yeah, is worth the flowers and the mentions. That's what I like about Hall of Fames. Yeah, yeah. I think um, 
DC is getting his entry soon. Absolutely. He deserves it. Yeah. You know, another person who deserves it, who didn't really get a belt, uh, I think, um, uh, Gustafsson, the white... Um, Alexander Gustafsson. Yeah. He fought Jones as well. Yeah, he fought him twice. Gave him some trouble. Yeah, gave him some trouble. Uh, who else deserves that? Um, and even some champions that only went one time. Mm, only know? defended one time? Only defended one time. Like Leo Machida... Um, who didn't? Damn, I can't think of certain people who didn't get a Donald Cowboy Cerrone, totally a Hall of Fame. He should be in the Hall of Fame just for fighting all the time. <laughs> he loves <Sure>. to fight. <laughs> Tony Ferguson, I know he had an interim belt, but like mm. people be weird about that. Or um, I think the cool thing about just to just to say about Cerrone, the cool thing about him is that he never seems to have an ego. No, he that's doesn't. what's really great. Like he really enjoys the sport for what it is, mm-hmm. and you know, like when he fought, who who uh, who knocked? Was it Masvidal? Who's that fight we watched where he got um, put away? McGregor knocked his ass out. I think that was it. That was his come. That was McGregor's comeback fight with mm-hmm. Cerrone. Yeah, I'm tired of that nigga sometimes. <laughs> like Conor McGregor, like who, who was it? Was it you who said it? Exa- no, it was Xavier who said it about um, exa- uh, about McGregor not defending a belt, and like that puts a little damper on him. Was that Xavier or was that Eric? That's Eric because they were having a, they were having a thing about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there were all these names were dropping her from our dojo. But yeah. yeah, they were having a debate about like you know because uh, Xavier is a, is a Conor McGregor stan, um, which is fine, rightfully so. You yeah, see yeah, it in the he's way dope. He, he's great. Yeah, but you like, see it in the way he fights and all that. Um, and so he he's watched that Khabib fight over and over, <clears throat> and he's always said like if it did come to a rematch, he really thinks that Conor would take it. He could. I mean, he beat Nate Diaz. Mm. No, but that grappling of Khabib's, he just will. No, you can. It'll be your plan to not go to the ground. And the footwork, it, it just happens. Yeah, yeah, it's like I'm gonna run across quicksand. You're <laughs> going to sink. I mean, you look at you look at Gaethje, who was pretty known for. I mean, he was he was getting known for striking, but he was a wrestler as well. Yeah. He had great wrestling skill. And wrestlers are supposed to be some of the hardest people to take down. Like, that's the Mm -hmm. difference. One of the differences between people, like, there are different grappling arts. Wrestling is really the art of throwing people and being immovable. Mm -hmm. Jiu-jitsu is the art of, okay, I'm on my back. How can I turn this to my advantage? Or it's like a rock on top of a snake. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And so the idea is that you're supposed to be able to, like, jiu-jitsu guys are supposed to be able to counter wrestling because if they get thrown they can pull it into their own sort of situation yep. mm-hmm. but Khabib is also he's coming from Sambo which is a little different than both of those anyway it's a it's a little mix of both it's like yeah. submission grappling it's attack attack it's go 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 right it like jujitsu I I mean I'm not a jujitsu expert or whatever mm-hmm. it's offensive and defensive but yeah. it's like oh shit I'm down here but yeah. surprise surprise <laughs> like you're in a trap yeah yeah you didn't know yeah, you know, it's chess, as they say. Exactly, you know? exactly. But not to say wrestlers aren't smart. You know, no, no, no. It's not chess, not chess, or anything. Yeah. But it's more like I think I would say friggin' um, it's like I want to say battleship to compare it to a game. <laughs> well, the cool thing about Gaethje in in comparison to someone like um, Askren is that he had balance. Yeah. Askren was always about let me just rush in and wrestle. When he knocked. When he got knocked out by Masvidal with that <laughs> knee, he just dove in. Yeah. I mean, it was like he his was hips. asking for it. Yeah. And he just 
Boom. Because he wanted the double leg, but you he can't. He wanted that double leg. Chill out. You can't. Well, Masvidal was a Muay Thai fighter. Like, you give your head He's to a me. street fighter, bro. That too. <laughs> Even the hood. Street Jesus. In Miami. Yeah. That's how wild Miami is. Yeah, I know. It's wild. It's wild. But, you know, that actually reminds me because um, <laughs> here I go with my segues again. I uh, remember when Masvidal fought Diaz and they had The Rock show up with mm-hmm. the BMF belt. But, you know, who they thought should have been there? Who? Mike Tyson. Which brings oh, us yeah. into nice. Look yeah, at you, sir. Which brings us into topic number two: uh, Tyson versus Roy Jones Jr. So this is terrifying. Drew, I know you're excited about this. I'm one. excited, but I'm terrified. <laughs> Go ahead and uh, elucidate for the audience. These niggas are old, fifty-four and fifty-one, respectively. Now, a normal person in their fifties—that's not old, you know. Two heavyweight boxers mm. who are some of the hardest hitters on the planet. Mm-hmm. Swinging their, their death machines at each other's skulls. At 54 years old with 30 or 40 years of constant pounding and training, that's old, bro. Yeah. We add all that up. Yeah. That's old. I think Mike Tyson will take it. Mm. I do not like the disrespect that people have with Roy Jones. Acting like Roy Jones wasn't the man. Roy Jones was bad. And I was watching some of his highlights this morning to refresh myself. Let's think about this. Just go, 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 go ahead. Yeah, yeah, no. Let, but, me, let me pull up Roy Jones' record. Please do. In mad different weight classes. My yes. Tyson was only in heavyweights. Yeah. Now, weight classes is, you know, bigger, stronger people. But also, cutting weight is the most difficult thing on the planet. Mm-hmm. You're depriving yourself of food and water. Yeah. You're dehi- like dudes sit in saunas. They wear sauna suits. They sit in hot baths mm-hmm. with salt to suck all the moisture out, bro. That is worse than the fight itself. Yeah, I would rather fight Mike Tyson than cut weight. <laughs> I'm probably stupid for that, but you know, yeah, go ahead. Seventy-five fights, sixty-six wins, forty-seven by a knockout, nine losses. Okay. This is Roy Jones Jr. This is Roy Jones Jr. All this other, like, I'm not counting the fights that were in. His last fight was in 2018. He's still fighting regularly. Mm -hmm. So he still might have an edge over Tyson because of his activity. Mm. But he's been fighting. If you go. Since before we were born. Yeah. Jesus Christ. His first, okay. There was um, that dude, that dude. I'm going to find like a really big, like, name. Okay. He beat Bernard Hopkins. Yes. Bernard Hopkins is one of the greatest fighters of all time. Yeah. You know? B-Hop. He, Rest he, in peace, right? Nah, that nigga alive. Who am I thinking of? What, there was a, a boxer that passed away. Whitaker passed away. That's a Sweet Pea. Yeah, Sweet Pea passed away, I think, a year ago. All right, James Tony. James Tony, his stupid ass fought in UFC one time. Got his ass whooped by Randy Couture. <laughs> um... Well, and Tony was known for like uh, defense. defense, right? He was slick. He was yeah. bobbing, almost weaving. like an early Mayweather. Were yeah, and heavier. Mm-hmm. Then he fought um, John Ruiz. Is the John fight. Ruiz? Okay. Now this one, Richard Frazier, uh, is that related to Joe Frazier? Is that that? No, it's not. Julio Cesar Gonzalez, not not um, uh, Chavez. Felix Trinidad, Tito Trinidad, mm-hmm. from Puerto Rico. Decision. He's a bad dude. He lost to Bernard Hopkins uh, in 2010. I think at that point that was that's like that. This is the that's decline. The, that's the decline. But that's 
2010. Their first fight was in, that was his 24th or 22nd fight. 22nd fight. That was in 1993 was their first fight. Mm. A 17-year difference. Yeah. Like, yeah. come on. I, I think there's a lot of... um. So, well, Jones Jr. Is, is bad. He's a bad dude. This yeah. is an interesting matchup stylistically because Jones is so unorthodox and quick and they're actually... But, but, I, but I also think that there are people like... In, there's misconceptions in both camps because I think yeah. people who are Jones fans, they're like, oh, Tyson is just like... He's just a bulldozer. Like Tyson is no. fast. No, no, he's no, no, still no. fast. Maybe he's, not as fast as he was, but when you look at him, it's almost imperceptible the difference. When you look at the way he's been trained, it's still Mike Tyson, and it's still Mike Tyson. Now, what's interesting about Tyson is that he talked about. There was an interview where he was like, you know, sometimes it's not about how hard you get hit; it's about how often you're getting hit. And yeah. Jones Jr. hits a lot. Like he hits frequently. So it's a match of. Someone who hits more versus maybe someone who hits harder. Like I could, yeah. But you know, but then again, Jones Jr. has broken ribs. He broke not not that he possesses them, but he he has done that to people. He broke. Oh, I don't remember this guy's name. I don't remember the video. There was a dude he was fighting. It's insane. Light skinned boxer cracked him in. I feel it right in now. The ribs and dropped him. Yeah. Oh god. And and you're, it's funny because you're when you watch footage, like you don't necessarily think that. You don't always recognize the knockout blow. It doesn't mm-hmm. always look like, oh, like, because we, we're used to movies, so it's like uh, slow motion. And you see it. Half the time, yeah. it's like these small hits. And it's also, we can't, when we're watching, we can't perceive how much something hurts. Like, you don't hear it. That, yes, you don't always hear like, it. Like, what's yeah. also crazy back to the UFC with all the COVID stuff going on, there's no one in the audience. So you can hear so every So you can hit. hear every strike. Just think about. The way Mike Tyson hits and hearing that naked with no audience, I'm scared. Pain. <laughs> and then also, we're going to get to more of the fight because there's something very funny about the undercard. Just two individuals. Oh. It's mad funny, though. Yeah. The YouTubers. It's not I, a YouTuber. It's one YouTuber and a former NBA player. Oh, I thought they were both YouTubers. No. Nate. Okay. So, Justin. For Justin. <laughs> and those of you in the audience that do not know this. Nate Robinson is a former NBA star. He was a New York Knick. Hmm. The man is five foot nine, oh. 180 pounds, right? Dunking. Really? He dunked in a dunk contest in 2006, 2007 over Dwight Howard. How tall was Dwight Howard? Dwight Howard is seven feet tall. Oh, wow. So he used him as a stool. No, he a ladder. <laughs> he dunked over the man. For those of you that are watching, look. Wow. And he's also a former football player. Like he played football in high school. Like look at his height difference. That's insane. You know. And he's boxing. And he's Jake boxing Paul. against Jake Paul. Jake Paul is going to die. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to be cremated. We're just going to put him. In the mausoleum. Right. Because, look at this little ass dude. Well, he's just, I mean. Dunking over one of the largest people in the world. He's just got to be coiled muscle. Just pure like a snake. Because, I mean, his leg power has to be insane to be 5'9 and get that height. And then imagine exploding into punches with that. Forget about Yeah, like, he's going to punch through him. He's going to hit him like Mike Tyson is going to hit him. (laughs) Yeah, but this Tyson fight should be interesting. I think the other thing to consider is mindset because 
Tyson is going in. Like, like you have Jones Jr. on one side who's like, well, you know, I never got to fight Tyson. I think it'll be interesting to see how we match up. And Tyson's like, I'm going to disable him. I'm going to cripple him. I'm going in there to destroy. I like how you're not doing the Mike Tyson voice. Oh, no, I chose. I went more for Arnold Schwarzenegger. You see how I did that? Um, Yo, imagine Arnold Schwarzenegger who's black. Just Arnold Schwarzenegger. He'll get to the chopper. <laughs> I'll be back. Like, I'll be back, nigga. <laughs> Pull up to Hasta la vista, baby. baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Um, yeah, but it, it'll, it'll be fun. Uh, hopefully in early December, we'll do our post-fight analysis about that and see how it went. It's an exhibition match, you know. They're, they're upset about the rules because they're only having two-minute rounds. That's, but that's probably that's great. the best. That's fantastic. <laughs> that's probably what's the best. I mean, it's one like three minute rounds usually. Mm-hmm. How many rounds? I think they're doing eight rounds because a full fight is I can't twelve. They're doing twelve. You know, maybe like eight or ten. I, I think like yeah, something like that. I think the gas is gonna be what gets them. Like I because they can still be in punt. Like they can still have the technique, but it's the cardio that's gonna kill when you're fifty four <laughs> years been old, chilling, fifty one years old. You know what I'm saying? They've been chilling, yeah. smoking cigars. Like you said. If Jones, if Jones Jr. has been fighting more, even in small stuff, he might be used to the to the lasting for rounds. But um, you know, Tyson had to really build his body back up. He was already still bothering. He wasn't like training as much because yeah. he was worried about activating his ego again. Right. But uh, I, I, I give everyone a fair chance. I'm afraid for Mike Tyson, but I do not like the disrespect that Roy Jones has gotten. Yeah. So we shall. That's see my take happens. on that. And uh, Tyson, hey, maybe we'll see you on the show one day. Oh God, <laughs> that's that's such a, it'll be an amazing it'll be an amazing guess. Yeah, but I I I shit myself. <laughs> like <laughs> moving on to our last current event, um, Buster Rhymes is back with a new album, Extinction yes, Level Event Two. It's got a bunch of features on it. I haven't listened to the whole album yet, Me but I did listen to the one that everyone's talking about, which is the Kendrick Lamar track. It's a nice song. It's nice. It's a very nice song. It's I nice. like the um, Jackson 5 uh, sample, even yeah. though Michael is wild. But, um, I mean, <laughs> yeah. you know me, Spicy Jude. Right, Spicy right. Jude. But um, it, it, both of these guys are kind of in an interesting point in their career. Uh, Kendrick, because we're not really sure what's going on with his record label, whether or not he's staying with Top Dog, whether he's starting his I own think thing. He's staying with Top Dog. He did recently sign for distribution or representation with BMI, which is uh-huh. uh, one of the two major um, music like representatives. It's in fucking Monopoly, man. It's just Monopoly, bro. Yeah. Um, I'm just getting around like Busta Rhymes hits because you don't know much of Busta Rhymes. But continue. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so. You know, there's been a lot of static around around TDE this year specifically because SZA was talking about how, like, you know, Punch is, like, kind of holding my album hostage, so y'all got to talk to him if he wanted to come out. I don't get how label owners hold albums hostage. It's going to make you money. I, I really I really don't even... I'm sure, you know... Like, I don't understand that. How are you holding money away from yourself? Exactly, especially yeah, considering that these record deals usually do give the bulk of the money to the to the owners and not the artists. So it's weird. Like they have all these contracts and things set up for who can release when. But like, as I'm sure m- most of our listeners know, SZA, Kendrick, Schoolboy, all those guys are on the same label. So that's why I think people were excited about the prospect of Kendrick starting his own. PG Lang 
P.G. Lang. This mysterious project that he teased that like, and people were like, okay, is this like a, is this an album? Is it a, is it a label? Is it a whatever? But yeah, Kendrick is kind of in the, in the, in the shadows still. But he dropped this with Busta. And there are some people saying, oh, this was a leaked track from two years ago that like is back. But whatever. I don't listen to leaked stuff most of the time. But then the reason Busta, I say he's in an interesting place is because there's these conversations about, you know, with everything going on with the versus matches that have become popular in quarantine, who he could go up against. He recently called out T.I. and was like, you can't. He'll smoke T.I., but also they're different when it comes to their I'm sorry to interrupt you no, they're yeah. different when it comes to their uh, when they came in T.I. came in in like 2003 I think when trap music came out mm. Bussa has been rhyming <laughs> Bussa has been rapping since the mid 90s no since he his first verse was in scenario by a tribe called Quest that That's big right. posse song yeah in 1991. Yeah. And throughout the 90s, Busta was doing his thing. Like, what's it going to be with Janet Jackson? Who get you don't who just, has what, Janet Jackson features? Not only that, what rappers? There's like J. Cole has a song with Janet, which is pretty good. No Sleep. Yeah. And then I can't think of too many others that have like Janet Jackson. Jermaine Dupree, because that was his wife for a second. <sighs> then, then... Mariah Carey, who mm. he has on this album, and on my favorite Buster song, I Know What You Want. Mm. Baby, if you give it to me, I'll give it to you, as long as you want. Like, come on. And then, even just his features, like, Victory on that Diddy um, No Mercy mm. album with Bad Boy. Uh, touch it, bring, babe. I always remember it, him on, um, on the, the Motivation remix. That one. Kelly Rowland. Um, break Your Neck. Bum, 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 bum. Um, put your hands where my eyes can see. Right. Woo-ha. Arab money. Yeah. So Busta is... He's got hit. I think the thing about T.I. is that T.I. is too Southern. Like, Not to even. Compete. I mean, I, does he have, like... He's from the South. Like, he's... T.I. is the most Southern, from, Southern nigga on the planet. Right. You know, he's collard greens, chicken and waffles all day. <laughs> all right? But see, because I was thinking... I'm thinking, okay, because now they're talking about Busta and Missy, which I could see that. But I was thinking, why not? It's because their videos and they're weird. Yeah. I was thinking, why not Ross, though? Ross, because Ross already did that with um, 2 Chains. That oh, he sense. did? Yeah, he did that with 2 Chains. Busta, I think a good matchup for him would be like, um, I'm trying. I'm looking at this list that they put up. Hello? Um, no, LO is a little too much for him because LO has been out since like 86, True. 87, something like that. Um, Snoop Dogg already did that with DMX. That's comparable though. That could be because it's like a, a five year difference between, I mean, that's five years, it's, but like you got to look at how much music they actually put out. Because I think Busta, when I counted this morning, it's like nine albums. Yeah, it's 10 years over, um, it's 10 years over tip. Um, I could see maybe it, if Ross was to do another one. No, no, not Ross. Um, who'd you say? I said, I, did, I said Ross. I, I said LL. Um, I could see that maybe. Maybe. I mean, why am I mentioning this guy? But Lil Wayne, maybe. Nah. <laughs> well, nah. it's not that he wouldn't have the music for it. It's just, it's just the, the, the the vibes recently. The vibes <laughs> recently. <laughs> May not. I'm not worried about those vibes either. It's just like, oh my god, your dreads are falling off. Right. <laughs> you're, you, you've said too much lean. Be gone. 
gone from me. <laughs> you know, like I'm. I mean, well, what, come a, on, what about um? Oh, uh, what about uh? There was someone who was just in my head. Um, because well, they well, they have like Fat Joe up there, but I I have Fat Joe. Fat Joe can like Fat like, Joe has a good song. And Fat Joe has hits too, but it's like once or twice a year, like no one every two years or something like that. <laughs> you know, like that's that's him. Well, so let's say in your in your perspective, if it did become Busta and Missy, right, and there's twenty songs, Busta, do you think Busta has it? Yeah, totally. Mm. You know, just by his verses and stuff like that, because he's not also a producer. Missy is a producer. He's she's produced like tons and tons of hits, but uh, I think. Damn, Jada Kiss was with Fab. Damn, I really don't know. What about uh, uh, Ja Rule? Ja Rule, nah, Ja Rule is too like. Ja Rule came out in '98. Too young. A little too young. Just not as seasoned. Yeah. He's not as seasoned as Busta. I feel like it would have. To, it would. It would almost have to be if we're looking at OGs. I mean, because Jay Z is never gonna do it. Oh hell no! So it would have to be like hell no, and like I don't even know who would beat Jay Z. Oh, you have something to say? No, no, I no, I don't. I don't. I actually don't know. The way, the way his face was just looking at me, I was like, you "No, to I say. was." I'm, I'm thinking about it. I think that's the thing. Like that's the same situation that Usher is in. Is that when you've dominated as a in, as a male in this certain industry for so long, you're gonna have to be challenged by a woman. I think. But then it's because it's like you can't. Like Usher, you can't Beyonce Usher will have to do something. Beyonce. Yeah, she would. But I, I, well, here's the thing. I was going to say, you can't put Usher against Chris Brown because Usher is the reason Chris Brown exists. That is you true. Know, and, but you, and I mean, so, we can't put Usher against R. Kelly because, ooh. Right. <laughs> well, that's like, exactly. But R. Kelly would probably be the person. So, uh-huh. yeah, that, that, that's the thing. So it's like, mm. and I, I don't think it would be, again, like, yeah, Beyonce and, and Jay Z would never do it. I was thinking at one point, Usher and Sierra. But then, that's cool. No, 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 no. But no, then no, no, I, no, no, I think no, maybe no, no. Sierra. Totally taking that back. No, 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 no. <laughs> Usher just no, no, no. Usher would would. That's Usher. Beyonce versus Sierra. Like, I was over here thinking that Sierra had over one two step. <laughs> you remind me over oh, <laughs> or um damn. What's the one? Um, oh, but that was with Bow Wow. Or ride. Uh, she he liked the way. Pause, pause, <laughs> pause. Um, or um, damn that that song she did with the future video. Um, you know why I don't understand? Why haven't we done dead people, dead rappers? Well, okay, so who, like what Tupac and Biggie? Yeah, it's so simple. <laughs> <laughs> like Big L and ODB. Okay, or, or like, like uh, uh, oh Jinx. Uh, well, <laughs> Big Pun and Biggie. Mm. You know, like, both their wives are still alive. <laughs> so who, who represents their wives pull up and play their catalog? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, it's, it's it's this whole versus thing is just so interesting because it really does invite you to think about people's history and their imp- and their impact. Mm-hmm. Has 50 done one? That's what it was. 50 and... and 50 uh, has not done one. 50 I would and say Busta? 50 got one good solid album. Or 50 like, LL. No hell no, LL will smoke his ass. Like, listen, I prefer Fifty. You know, cause I'm just you know a dude who just thinks about selling cocaine all the time. (laughs) All this gangster shit that I listen to, but with you know the female vote, you know light skin niggas Mm. like myself, 
Ella will win. Mm. It's it just Ella will win against Fifty because yeah. he has different you know ranges. You know, Fifty does have um twenty one questions and some other like sensual songs, but you know, Ella hits the ballads. He has boys to men on a song. Mm. All right. Yeah, well, but, yeah. So I mean, it, it probably will wind up being Missy, but we'll see how that goes. I'm thinking um, about dead rappers right now because you just like maybe okay, Busta Rhymes and Eminem. Hmm. I was looking at Eminem on the on the Google. I was looking at it too, and I don't know why we all have like this weird you know like thing with Eminem now because we were all fans of him when we were like 13. <laughs> but I think Eminem is a solid MC to go against Busta. Probably takes it though. Eminem won't. Eminem won't do it. He just won't. Right. But and he has a song busted out. But uh, I think he tends to like. He's always been respectful of. But this is a respect thing. Like no one's really beefing over this. DMX and Snoop. It's all fun. Hmm. Um, Jada Kiss and Fab. It's all fun. Luda and um, Nelly. All fun. The most beef was between Brandy and. uh, uh, Because Brandy all hella Jesus. Oh hello Jesus! Like we don't curse here, and it's just like who is who is she up? Monica, Monica, and and they've been having shit since the nineties. So like, guess what? (laughs) But uh, think about dead rappers. I'm looking at dead rappers. I don't even know all these niggas. But um, hmm. Like think about it. Like maybe we can have X X X X X That was that was that was wild. That was wild. But um. Dang. Is Pop Smoke on that list? Pop Smoke's on that list. Yeah, Pop Smoke's on this list. Oh, yeah. there he is. Right he's after. Too, he's too young. Well, no, there, I, I don't think he had enough music to go against anybody. No, he doesn't. It's such a shame. Nipsey Hussle, when YG dies. <laughs> Not you. We can do it now, actually. You know, let Lauren London and YG get together and Not do a versus. <laughs> Not you forecasting YG's death to have this battle. Well, they are. They're both West Coast, though, right? <laughs> they're both West Coast. They're Crips and Bloods. Ah, uh, you know, it's. I think that sounds terrible, but I think that that's funny. Mm. That's funny, and that makes a lot of sense to me. Then there's also who also died. Um, mad niggas died. Um, I'd say. Uh, I, I think Biggie and Big Pun. You know, New York, yeah. the Bronx, Brooklyn, mm-hmm. two fat dudes. Yeah, but. You know, killers, and they both have the same amount of work out, mm-hmm. like two finished, two finished albums, and like a bunch of posthumously released shit. Right, right, right. I think Biggie and Big Pun would be dope. It'll totally fuck up the Puerto Rican and black uh, dynamic around here. <laughs> but um, all this unity we've worked all this so unity. hard to achieve. But uh, I think that would be a good one. I'm looking at all the ways these these guys died, and I'm just like, God damn! The first like forty shot, shot kill, shot kill, shot kill, kill, shot and ran over, shot kill, shot kill, shot and kill, murdered. Like, <laughs> what's the difference between shot and killed and murdered? I'm not sure, actually. I guess you know, stabbed to death, shot and killed. Who got stabbed? Um, Pablo's Depsman. Oh, uh, a UK grime artist. Sheesh. You know they don't got guns in them. Um, <laughs> Okay, all these rappers who died were just shot and killed. But I know mad other rappers died with like heart problems. Like no. list of oh, this is a list of murdered rap musicians. Oops, uh. that's why. Anyways, enough of this.
<laughs> well, it gives something to think about, uh, and you guys can ruminate on it too while we take a brief break and come back with our main section for today. back from a little little break you know had drink some water right. eat my croissant you know what i'm saying <laughs> but uh we're doing something a little different for the main section it's questions for you to get to know us and for us to get to uh to know each other a little bit better yeah and my question for justin is now i should also say mm-hmm. before you get started that we don't know these questions we don't know these questions um so i don't know this nigga wrote he don't know what i wrote right so I'm right. Gonna, I'm, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna find out all right so Okay, you know, you and me are martially related to Bruce Lee, mm-hmm. and his whole thing was expressing yourself um, as an actor, martial artist, I think all that. Mm-hmm. How do you as an actor, writer, singer express yourself, and what are you trying to say? Oh, that's a great question. Thank you. Um, how do I express myself? You know, I think I'm still kind of figuring it out. And I know that's kind of a cop-out answer, but I think like no matter what I do, I think one of the through lines is I'm interested in in human communication. Okay. Like there was a point where I wanted to be a, um, I wanted to study social psychology in college. Oh, yeah. But there was really nowhere where that was like a major. There were courses in it, but it mm-hmm. wasn't like I could major in social psychology. It was either psychology or sociology. Uh-huh. Um, and I and, and I think that that came from acting because acting is, you know, that's all about like acting is reacting, right? It's all about the social circumstances we find ourselves in and what we want from each other. And so when I'm writing, like when I'm writing my poetry, I'm thinking about times in my life when I've wanted something either from someone or from myself and I wasn't sure how I, like how I was going to get it or I did get it and then I didn't know what to do with it anything like that mm-hmm. um, and what then the roles that I'm drawn to when I think about things are like you know what am I like if I if my character has a clear want mm-hmm. and you know and it's connected to something that they lack in their own life like that's what really um uh, what really interests me. Um, so I guess that's, that's what I would say about expression. It's a really good question though, because I think that like, that's, that is what's so cool about, about Bruce Lee's philosophy and about yeah. Kundo is this idea of like, even within the tenets of this thing, even within the, the principles, there's still room. For, it's, it's just enough that you know, you can define what you're doing, but mm-hmm. you can also color outside of it. You know? Yeah. It's fucking dope. So it was just um, human communication. Yeah, and connection, and mm-hmm. what and what what we want from each other, you know, and and how we try to find ourselves through each other. That's dope. Yeah, I fuck with that. Are we alternating? We didn't plan this. Should uh, I ask me one? Now? Yeah, yeah, I'll ask me one. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. Let's see. Let's see. So my first one is going to be way simpler because <laughs> I wasn't sure how far back we were going. Oh, yeah. I'm going to say, uh, do you remember? Your first crush. And when I use the word crush, I mean like, I always use it in the way of like someone that you like but is unattainable. But not like a celebrity necessarily. Just like maybe someone older or maybe someone who lived in a like, you went to school with but like you never really connected. Mm. Damn. You don't have to name names if you don't want to. Dang, man. I'd say not, not a celebrity but there was a shoot. 
First crush, man? Shit, I don't remember too much, <laughs> man. I can't even lie to you, man. I actually, I, as a little kid, and I think I realized this as an adult too, I was, um, I, I was a cute kid, mm-hmm. you know? So there were older, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I literally knew it. <laughs> what thirty-year-old is he gonna name? Twenties. <laughs> okay. Okay. I damn. Okay. But also, it didn't matter. <laughs> okay. It didn't matter. I think there's a there's pictures in here of someone around our age, mm-hmm. but at the time she was like this like um, I think she might have been this biracial girl. And she was mad cute. Mm-hmm. You know, I said like, dang, you know. But um, yeah, man, I was just like. My, me and my mom went to uh, I went to a preschool in uh, like 14 in like Union Square mm-hmm. and there was that coffee shop around there that famous coffee shop place it was blue with the coffee shop sign on it mm-hmm. and whatever uh, I called that place the girls because that's where all like the pretty girls were you know so I was just that kid mm-hmm. you know and then I grew older I would hang around here with my mom going to um, this restaurant called Orbit and I, I'd be on those women too, or you know, taking advantage of the fact that I was cute and I get nice hugs with you know, yeah, I was, I'm disgusting, bro. No, I'm no, disgusting. No. I mean, but it is my it... my first job, uh, Mercado's. Um, when I was uh, I went there all the time for when I was six. So there was like a couple places, and there's nothing even now, nothing but like beautiful women, mm. Eastern European. Spanish, black, everything. And so, like, I was just on it. <laughs> like, I wasn't hitting on them OD, but I was, I was like, feeling myself. I was You're like, yeah. I, was, I was trying, man. Like, I was just, it, 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 ugh, my God. There's, there's, there, no, you're, you're right though. There are those few years when we're young that, um, that we kind of can capitalize on that, like, that, like, uh, that maternal instinct that some women have. Yeah. And we, we register it as like, Hey, yo, what's up? My How you doing? You know? You know? But like, you know, usually, I mean, hopefully, unless they have, I mean, unless they're actual predators, which is a thing. Nah. But usually they're just coming from a place of like, you know. He's so cute. You're just cute. I, and now I want children of my own. But I definitely went through that. There was, um, I think my first first, um, there was a, a girl in my church who kind of used to like, babysit me sort of or like watch me during oh, service. Oh, that'd be the worst. And that, that'd be, that's, that's where, that's where that's they what, catch that's, you. Ugh. That's where they catch you. Um, yeah, no, I get it. I get it. That's definitely, that's definitely a lot. I want, I, I'm glad that I predicted that correction. All right. I have no fun questions. <laughs> what is or was the most challenging thing you've done or something you like signed up for? Challenging. In any regard, like yeah, hmm. um, martial arts, acting, some church thing, yeah, being born or something, <laughs> fighting my way out of the womb. You know what I'm saying? Um, well, you know, I I joke, but actually, I was my mom's longest labor. Um, Damn. By I think I was like I always get this kind of mixed up, but I'm pretty sure. She was in labor with me for 15 hours. So she popped the breast of them too, like out of like a microwave. And <laughs> she had you in the slow cooker. <laughs> Sorry, Mama Winley. <laughs> I was, um, 
I was due for March 23rd, yeah. but she started feeling the contractions on March 22nd. Oh, okay. And then my dad took her to the hospital and they did everything. I mean, she was like in the bath at one point and then she was like, I mean, she talks about like, I just wouldn't come out until, until it was my time. Um, like, no. Of course, now we know that the way that women have been giving birth for decades is not actually the way you know, it should laying on your back. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're supposed to like squat is the better way to do it. Yeah. Um, it was apparently some doctor with a fetish that made women lay down on their back so he could see uh, it open up. Uh, yeah, disgusting. Gross. But anyway, that's not the question. <laughs> so actual challenge. I will say, you know, I don't know if I found it yet because I, I which is kind of the same way I answered the first question, but like I played it very safe over these 22 years Same. of life. And that's why I was excited. Like I told you, I think I mentioned to you, I wanted to start parkour yeah. this year. And I, I really like, when I think about stepping out of my comfort zone, I do think about the physical because, you know, I've never really been an athletic person. And even with the martial arts that I do, Same. I'm not the most athletic, right? Yeah. The challenges that I have faced have really been personal and emotional, you know, and, and learning to deal with um, kind of like as I grow and I uncover the baggage that's within myself as as a uh, as a byproduct of things that, you know, my parents have maybe unknowingly passed on to me. Yeah. You know, um, it's the it's this ongoing challenge. Like, I mean, I know a lot of people might hear this or maybe see me and not think it, but like I do as a lot of people do deal with anger anger management issues like it has it's 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 been a thing for me for a while and i think everyone manages their anger differently for me i just have i'm one of those people who suppresses for a very long time and then so that the thing that sets me off is actually not even what i'm angry at what i'm responding to it'll be stuff from like months years ago yeah yeah yeah. i wanted to get a handle on it so that you know i was so that I wasn't thinking of anger as something negative because it's not. I think that's yeah. another thing that feeds that feeds the anger issue itself is when you think of it as this bad emotion, you know. But I wanted to be able to understand the reasons that I do get upset mm-hmm. and see, okay, the issues maybe lie in that more so than the fact that I'm getting angry. It's more about like, oh, you know, I what is it that's actually setting me off and is that something that's worth being upset about? Yeah. You know, so that that's what I would say is like an ongoing challenge. But yeah, I I don't really have like necessarily a moment where I felt like I overcame something except to say that, you know, as you know, because I posted the video, my spring semester, which is when we got interrupted by COVID. That was my first 4.0 GPA semester. Gangster. And I, yeah. Gangster. That was like the first because I had been comfortable with mediocrity in a lot of aspects of my life for a long time. And me fighting through some difficult classes and also COVID-19. Yeah. Like I was proud of myself for that, but yeah, I'm still searching for like the kind of big one that I can say, you know, I did that and I feel, I feel good about it. Yeah. Uh, So I will ask you my deep question now. So, so obviously um, our listeners may know if they've heard and if they know you, that you've lost both your parents um, at an early age, but they may not know that you lost your father first. Yeah. Um, how old were you when that happened? Six. Six. I was six, yeah. So I wanted to ask about, like, how do you feel about the concept of balance in parenting? Because, 
you grew up with a single mother, and that's a story that a lot of people have. Yeah. Usually, it's if it's a single parent, it's the mother rather mm-hmm. than the father for a lot of reasons. But do you feel that because I, I mean, I think that she raised oh, yeah. of a guy, regardless. But how do you feel? Do you think that there were there were things about your childhood that like could have benefited from having your father there? And um, did you have male role models to fill that gap at all? You know, I mean, Sifu was probably one of them. But, <laughs> yeah. You know how how do you feel about balance when it comes to how do I feel to, about balance with that um, yeah. alright and, well, and fully acknowledging that not everyone's families look the same anyway. yeah, yeah, yeah 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 you know two moms be like that two dads right. be like that you know but um alright with my particular pops and the way it was going I think I would, I'm fine mm-hmm. without him around mm-hmm. um because he had his own issues and mm-hmm. problems and trauma that he went through growing up, you know. You know, he he was pretty much abandoned at the same time when he was six. You know, his mother had to work and is a nurse in the nineteen fifties. And he's moved in with um two family members that uh, not not even family members, like like super close family friends who he's named after, Andrew James something else. My dad's name is Andrew James Wilson. Mm-hmm. And um, he was dealing with that, and then he became a heroin addict after he w- after he graduated high school, and he gone through so much and went up and down and did all that shit and was a real triumphant good dude, but still had all his shit. Right. And then he passed away of a heroin overdose when I was six, and before that there was you know turmoil and abuse with you know him and my mom, mm-hmm. and I and he tried his best he really really tried you know but like just the way shit went and then also his mindset it, it just wouldn't have been mm. great unless he went to therapy and did whatever but you know no point in speculating about that so mm-hmm. I think I was fine when it came to my mom's balance idea they're they talking about balance you know my mom was just mm, my mom uh, she just wanted to do what was best for me, mm. you know, and she got lucky a lot with certain things like uh, she had an amazing boss who let her work from home or let me come to the office mm-hmm. and be with her. And uh, my mom always made me feel safe. Like I never had to worry about um, I'm not one. I wasn't ever those kids like my is my mom mad at me and does she mm-hmm. not love me for this or that? Like my, I knew my mom was mad at me. She just be mad at me. But I knew like I'll be fine. Out of that. It was just this particular thing. Right. And, but we'll be straight. But um what you know, my mom wanted in male shit for me was with my um, male babysitters. There was this guy Nathan, mm-hmm. um, Ryan, and Putman. Those guys are brothers, and she also got me big brothers and the big brothers big sisters program to have like guy shit. Mm-hmm. You know, like playing video games, rough housing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sometimes like how to treat girls. So, but my mom like covered all those like basics, mm-hmm. but she made sure I had that male energy. Mm-hmm. And testosterone and that outlet to to be a guy, to right. be a boy. You know what I mean? So my mom did an excellent job with maintaining balance and shit, you know? I think, you know, people say you need fathers or you need... You just need a parent that loves and cares about you and you just got to do whatever you can for your kid. And, you know, if you can't... If you know you can't provide a certain energy and you can't provide a certain something, mm-hmm. you know, because of, you know your gender or whatever or you know your ability maybe because mm-hmm. her mom was also a little older she was in her 40s right. she doesn't want to you know rough house with her 
eight-year-old son, <laughs> she'll find that someplace else. Yeah. And then I was able to find my own role models. Like, I found Sifu, mm-hmm. you know, and then I had my boss at Ricardo's, and I had um, I had people. So yeah. I was I was straight. My mom did a good job. Yeah. Yeah, well said. I think it's just something, it's something to think about um, because we do see a lot of single mothers and, you know, you, there's, there's often conversation um, about a lack of responsibility and this obviously is not the case with your yeah. dad, the lack of responsibility in men sometimes because it's like, you know, there's, there's extenuating circumstances, you're in jail, you, you know, mm-hmm. whatever, but if you're just around and you just knock someone up and then don't care enough to like, you know... <laughs> To, to be involved. Yeah. Like, that's the type of thing that... Or even also, not just that. Like, if you're a dad, you're, like, physically there. But emotionally. But not present. Yeah, yeah. You know? You you do your duties. You pay the bills. You feed them. You clothe them. You do that. But, you know, you're not present. You're yeah. not, like, this is my son. You know, you can do the whole like this is my kid or whatever. Right. Remember one time my mom told me about um oh shit. Um she was at the bodega and some dude had his kid and he was like, Yeah, I'm babysitting today. You babysitting your son, nigga? Mm. The fuck? Like Yeah. It's a weird mindset to have. Yeah. Um yeah, but I I, I, I I admire that and I do agree that she did a great job. Um, and I think whenever you have, if you choose to have <laughs> Jude and Judette. Um, Jude and Judette, that's funny. <laughs> you could be just Judy, bro. Oh, yeah, that. <laughs> Judith or some shit. Yeah, then you could do a great job. I got how many people call me fucking Judith. It's just a fuck with me. Fuck these niggas, man. Oh, my God. And I know a Judith. I love her. But my God. <laughs> so annoying. Okay, I'm ready for number three. Alright. Number three, it is down the line, what is your next personal challenge? Okay. So I faced a bit of a disappointment uh because I was in this program to publish uh my poetry book that oh, I actually, book. yeah. Yeah. And then it turned out come to find out that it's kind of a vanity press. Which oh bitch ass niggas. For those <laughs> For those of you who don't know, is essentially you pay them to publish your work. My cha- one of my biggest flaws has always been my procrastination. Same, dude. And with and with this book, like it's an idea that's been gestating for like four going on five years. Damn. And it's a training. So you started training. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I got the most work done with it through this yeah. program. Yeah. Than like than I would have otherwise, and uh-huh. so my challenge now is to like, is to keep that same like take the, the, the the lessons that I learned from that as far as productivity and and apply it to everything that I'm doing, mm-hmm. and and finish this book you know one way or another because you know I don't mind it's not even like I care that I have to delay the release now maybe but it's like. When I do it, I want it to be right, you know. Yeah, that's not procrastination. That's doing it right. Exactly, and I, but I and, and I'm hoping that like now I won't allow myself to fall back into well, I'll just procrastinate and kind of wait around now because I don't know how it's going to turn out. I'll be like, all right, no, like now I know what I need to do. I know what I want to do. Yeah, we put it together and, and get it done. Uh-huh. You know, and and put this thing out because I love it and care about it. Yeah. Um, other than that, I mean, you know. The, I'm I'm still 
kind of on the verge of like this black sash exam is the next mm-hmm. big physical thing yep. I'm looking forward to and um can't wait for that yeah hopefully that can happen you know I wanted you to get your black belt ever since you walked into Garcia I was like this thing needs to get his black belt thank you I appreciate it I mean I I, I will say it'll be it, it means a lot to me you know I know people the the idea of a black it's funny because it's like even culturally you can you can tell someone oh yeah like I have a black belt and they'll be like that you, you'll you'll kill me. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you have people who will be impressed by it, and then you have people who will like, you know, like what's up? Yeah, like, challenge you about it, and then you have people who are like, well, I don't mean nothing. Like black belt and what? Like you know, I got a gun. So for me, it is it is, it will be a symbol of my dedication. You yeah, know, the time I've put in, it'll be obviously a symbol of of competence of of, of a level of mastery. Mm-hmm. And and you know, I never got the chance to get my black belt in karate when I was younger. You know, I always say, right, like you said, there's no point speculating. If things were different, they wouldn't be the same, right? Yeah. So if I had stayed, if I had stayed in karate and gotten to black belt, maybe I never would have wanted to go look for a Chinese martial art. Who knows? Yes. But like, I'm glad that I have found the path that I have, and I think that um, um, that that's that's one of my next big challenges is is conquering this black sash exam, whatever form it takes, yeah, and man. being able to be like, I'm here, I did it. And, you know, I can crack skulls if need be, <laughs> but I prefer to have, you know, nice conversation. Yeah. Lovely. Yeah. So my, my last thing for you is more of a, um, it's more of a scenario than a question. Like, right. I could phrase it as a question, but I think you'd have an interesting answer to this. So let's say you're on a desert island for six months. Oh God. Right. Now you can only pick one album, one movie. And one same-sex fictional character oh, God. to spend time with. Who would you choose? Mm, same-sex fictional character. If I just said fictional character, you would have been like, you know, Shigo or somebody, and then that makes the same, that makes the six months a little more bearable. Yeah, it does. It does. <laughs> does, does. Um, okay, doesn't have to be a cartoon. Though, All right. Okay, hold on. I'll ask you the same question after this because that actually does sound fun. <laughs> All right. I know it's a four question, but I think that that's an interesting one I want to hear from you too. All right. Uh, and uh, you know what? Let's say, maybe let's say one video game. Damn it. Damn it. One album. I got two in mind already, but like, oh my God. Have I changed that much? <laughs> Freddie Gibbs. <laughs> Bandana. <laughs> I gotta stop clapping because that's gonna sound awful in his butt. Yo, bandana, bro. I really yo, you can bump bandana for six I can months. Bump bandana for six months. Gotcha. You know, I'll learn to love every single song, <laughs> and I lo- I've loved like I forgot how many songs are on the album, but I've loved I think at least like a third of the album, like a whole third. Mm-hmm. You know. Now let's say on this island, you know. Like Food is taken care of. Like Food's taken care of. You know, it's not like it's like a certain like a. Uh, it's not like it's a buffet, but like I'm straight. Yeah, it's not like a what's that Tom Hanks movie? Castaway. Yeah, it's not that sort of thing. Okay, it's like um. It's like a bad vacation. It's like a bad, or it's like one of those like stupid like love connection. Right. Lonely, lovely island, some shit. Okay. Right. All right. All right. All right. So you uh, still have the movie the and movie. the character. Damn. I'm thinking about all. I, I want something that's long enough to to like pass the time. Mm. I, I have I maybe mean, I should just like think of what's on my mind. Goodfellas. Okay. Goodfellas. That's a long movie and it's very quotable. And you know, it's it's great. Yeah. And you know, maybe I can like find like little things in there. I gotta start thinking now. <laughs> yeah, you gotta start thinking now. 
Uh, fictional character. I'd say Leonardo from Ninja Turtles. Interesting. Because like I need to train. I was gonna. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say personally, he's maybe a bit boring, but you could train with him. Yeah. I could train with him, and he is a turtle, but <laughs> you know, like, I'll be his Casey Jones. You know, that's my right, right. And then a video game me and him could play because I'm sure he's still fun. Mm. Um, I'd say Super Mario Sunshine. Yeah, it's a good pick. I never beat it. I never beat it either. That's why. <laughs> That's why. You have six months to just. And I and I played it. I played it for years, and mm-hmm. I never beat it. And so I'm like, you know what? I'll take the six months to finally do it. Gotcha. And again and again and again, and be like, I beat this shit so many times. <laughs> okay. Um, well, I have my my movie. And of course, you have your movie. Right, I'm gonna bring. I'm gonna bring into the Spider Verse. Ooh. Because that's a movie that's kind of endlessly rewatchable. It looks so great, and it's, it's a also like it's. Real quick, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Yeah. I just need to mention this one thing. So my friend has a three year old. Mm. It's this little boy, and he saw Spider Verse for the first time. His dad posted him on Instagram. This kid, his just eyes were just open mm-hmm. wide. His like jaw is like dropped. He's just like just stone, just just lost and like completely. Enchanted by Spider Verse, I was like, "Oh my god, this is like the coolest thing to see this little kid just like I'm Spider Man, <laughs> you know, yeah. this little black kid, love that kid." Yeah, um, but yeah, I would pick into the Spider Verse uh, for the video game. I would want it to be something where it's it's long, so that I can sink hours into it and not feel bad about it. Um, so I would probably, or it has like a big open world. So maybe like GTA. <laughs> Ooh, gangster. Maybe I, like I should have done that. Yeah, maybe like a, maybe a GTA. Uh, I guess in, in in an imaginary world where they've released the sixth one, but oh yeah, we'll say GTA that's gonna be a big world. They say yeah, because they're still updating the fifth one. Um, I would yeah, I pick GTA for the album. Mm, very tough. Whose voice won't I get tired of for six months? Because uh, I've been listening to Freddie Gibbs every day for the last like two years now. <laughs> so like I'm fine. I feel like I want to pick someone who's like in the middle of rapping and singing, so that like sometimes I can sing along and sometimes I can rap along. Oh my god! Or at least who has a lot of features on the album. You're gonna pick Drake, aren't you? No, I'm not. <laughs> no. Um, hmm. Ugh. Gosh, that's difficult. Yeah, you and these stupid questions. Like, I, I should have expected you to turn it around on me. Because um, uh, I would like to know. Right. Like, I genuinely want to know this. Powerful of resentment. <laughs> I remember you was conflicted. Me scrawling in the sand. Misusing. I, I go insane. I go insane. Um, okay. That is like something that Tom Hanks would have in Castaway, just like <laughs> burling around his head, just, just like your influence sometimes. I hallucinating and shit, drinking seawater. <laughs> oh god. Okay. I'm uh who here it is. Um Shea Butter Baby, Ari Lennox. Oh my god. I'll listen to, I'll listen to that for six months. Alright. And then the All character. Right. Um I think that the idea of having a training partner is good. Um, so because it, it immediately sounds like a sexual thing immediately but then you're just like well let me 
boot my way out of it. Like, right, right. Well, yeah, and then, then because that's why I put the same sex thing because you know, knowing that you are a heterosexual man, I didn't. <laughs> I assumed that uh, I could uh, I could catch you there with that. I think Funny. I would pick um, Daredevil. Daredevil. So you're just gonna help this man walk around the beach. Well, he he's more coordinated than I am. Like, he's like he's like the closest thing in the Marvel universe to a JKD guy because yeah. he studies like a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I don't necessarily want to be stuck with Captain America because he's probably a little bit boring. Come back all swole. Can we have fun and like say what female character we like? Go ahead, you. But also here's the thing: we can't sleep with them. Oh, okay. Oh damn. <laughs> Why you yourself <laughs> up? Oh man! Oh, shit. just to look at. <laughs> just, just, just to admire. Um, who's fire? But like, dang! I can't even think of that many female characters. Damn, maybe I am sexist. <laughs> <laughs> CJ Parker from Baywatch. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you guys can swim together. We can swim together. Yeah. I would pick Nairobi from. Uh, Money Heist on Netflix. She's okay. really cool. She's gangster and um, she's funny and she's bad. So like right. three for three. <laughs> what do you want from me? Um, but of course here at HBO, we always like to end on a positive note. Oh, you God. already know this. We're just going to stick to, can you stick to one song of the week? or, or No, you- nigga. <laughs> it's always three. This is going to be funny. Okay. This is going to be hilarious. You want to go first? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Number one, you know it. He already knows what it is. If you know, y'all already know who it is. It's Freddie Gibbs. Faux Thangs. That's number four. And Thangs with Big Sean and Hit Boy. Yo, it's like the perfect song title for us coming back. Yeah, you know, like this is who we are. And then Walk Away by Bad Religion. It's like this punk rock band, and I'm like, what? I just found them one day. I was like, all okay. right, cool. Fuck okay. with it. And then this is what's funny. This is the funny part. Um, how you remind me from uh, Nickelback. Nah. <laughs> Yo, you cannot tell me shit. I be riding my bike. Never made it as a wise man. <laughs> could could as a poor man stealing. <laughs> oh boy. Okay. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say. Uh, Wake Up Love, Tiana Taylor, and Iman. Um, mm-hmm. Iman Shumper can kind of rap. He, he Yo, he, he can rap for real. You know, oh. NBA players had a history of being terrible rappers. <laughs> Alan Iverson, R.I.P. Kobe Bryant, and Shaquille O'Neal. Not amazing rappers. <laughs> but Iman's, Iman's Iman, Iman Fire. And also uh, Damian Lillard's pretty good. Mm. You know, niggas can spit. Yeah. I'll also say... By a new artist I found out about. Her name is Paris, and the song is Loveless. Lovely. Um, and then for the final one, uh, Lie to Me by this kid named Reference. Don't know who oh, that is. Oh, why did I mention Reference? <laughs> oh my god, I keep forgetting when Reference comes out with music. That just be. <laughs> oh, he's, oh he's, my bad, dude. He's sneaky. He's sneaky. He's with sneaky it. with them tints and that cane. <laughs> I think I'd hear him coming. <laughs> but that is going to do it for our season four premiere and our birthday episode to ourselves we've been doing this for an entire year that's insane through through, a, through a pandemic through a pandemic nigga hitting a shrine and there's a lot of people i just want to say this and this is no disrespect to anybody but those people who started podcasts in the pandemic but well, we went through the pandemic okay that's a different level of endurance we went from being with each other all the time right and then 
not seeing each other for months, for months and still putting it out, doing it, doing our thing. I mean, I think it's okay to pat our back every now and then, you know, we could be, we could be humble sometimes, but for right now I'm going to brag because it's been a year and I'm just going to say from the bottom of my heart, I'm very glad that we started this, you know, Jude, you yeah. came to me in 20, uh, 18? 18, late 2018, and you were like, hey, I remember it. You were like, I think we should start a podcast. we got great chemistry. We could, we could talk about cool things. And I had already been thinking about starting one. So I was like, let's do it. And this has been an incredible learning experience. Yeah, I, dude. You know, and it's I'm, beautiful. I'm, let's keep it going for another... I love this thing. 10, I love doing 20, HBO. 30 years, bro. On our next episode, we're going to have two lovely lovely guests yes from the just two opinionated thank you podcast. the just two opinionated podcast uh i only ali and zuhair zuhair yeah um the just just two opinionated podcast is a black owned black push black liberated podcast mm-hmm. of two young women who are specifically into politics yes and we'll be discussing that after the election. election. I have to turn go in. Uh, I'm tomorrow. turning off Instagram. Oh yeah. That time. I'm honestly I'm good. Turning off Instagram. I'm watching Power Rangers with my girlfriend, smoking weed, <laughs> <laughs> and just going to sleep. But we will be talking about the election results with our two guests next time. Um, come hell or high water, we'll still be here. Hell yeah. So we want to thank you guys for tuning in. As always, if you want more HBO, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcasts. Mm-hmm. We'll be back to uploading these on YouTube shortly. And follow us on Instagram. Yes. And at Twitter. HBO Pod. At HBO Pod on Instagram and HBO Pod on Twitter. Yes. Keep up with us, guys. We'll be back soon. Deuces. Peace, homies. <laughs>